uh, always so wonderful to be here and to sing praises like that to God. I'm so grateful for Julie and the praise team and all of the work that you put into bringing us into the presence of the Lord on a, on a Sunday morning when we come and come here to worship Him. I'm sure all of you, um, like me, have noticed over the years just how much is happening around uh, the Christian circles to really uh, change what we believe, what we value, what we see as important, the things that uh, are fundamental to our faith. There are those who are out there who are doing everything that they can to undermine that and destroy it. And it's important for us to make sure that our focus, our attention, is not on the person who's speaking, but on what they're teaching. And that's a big part of what I want us to talk about here today. You know, it's so easy to look around and you see a charismatic pastor or teacher who, who kind of draws people in and makes them believe a certain thing and, and takes them down a path that is unhealthy and could be destructive to their faith. One of the things that I often think about when it comes to this subject is these mega churches that grow and do so well and then only to find out later on that the foundation of that church is the pastor, the leader of that church. And in the process of that, that person comes out to be not who you thought they were and now all of a sudden those people are struggling in their faith because they thought that that person was speaking only the truth, that they were leading them in the right direction. It's easy, honestly, to get up and tell people what they want to hear. It's not so easy to get up and tell them the truth. Yesterday I did a funeral for my uncle who died on Wednesday. And the tendency of the family would be for me to say what a great guy he was and all of the wonderful things that he did. And I did share some of those things. But I concluded the message by preaching and teaching them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I can make them feel good. I can tell them all kinds of things about my uncle. But the reality is, when he's gone, and they're at that point where they are going to be with the Lord. They have to have made the right decision to trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone. We have teachers today who are trying to teach a new gospel. They're trying to, to convince us that they have the new insights, the new answers, the new reality. They're trying to tell us that as Christians, we, we can trust in 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 our prosperity. We can trust in the things that we have. We can move forward with, with uh, trusting in ourselves that 
we can believe whatever we want to believe. And the reality is, is that's not what the gospel, that's not what Jesus Christ teaches. Sadly, when that happens, many, many people get drawn into that and are led astray. And so that leads me into what I have felt the Lord lay upon my heart. And I, I've, I've had this, these verses on my heart and mind for quite a while now, and it's been something that has just been growing and growing and growing in my heart that we have to get back here. We have to be here. It was interesting uh, hearing you guys get up and, and share, and it's kind of like you had read my message this morning. Because a big part of, of what I want to talk about is what it is that we're teaching. And is life always easy? As you heard, it's not. There are oppositions out there. And we may not, at this point, be under the, the uh, onslaught of danger that, that the Millards were. But the reality is, is we have around us all kinds of things that are coming at us trying to break down our belief system, trying to convince us that we can go this direction or that direction and we don't have to stay focused on the Word of God. And so today, I want to speak shortly about 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. And if you're using one of the chair Bibles there, it's on page 1182, 1182. And as you're looking there, this is a letter that Paul, who had been a spiritual leader for Timothy, who had mentored him and taught him and helped him in his spiritual growth. And, and he's writing this letter to Timothy to encourage him, encourage him to be faithful to his calling, which was into the ministry. And so as Paul writes this, he's going to point out to them, or to, to Timothy, uh, several things that I believe will help us to get a better handle on what it is that God wants us to see and believe and to work with in his word let me just lead us in a quick word of prayer and then we'll read the scripture lord god i thank you for your word that is true it's everlasting it's eternal and lord as we open your word here today help us to listen and to follow your holy spirit lord you are an awesome and amazing god you are so worthy of our praise adoration and worship uh, help us lord to read and understand your word, and then, Lord, to be those who will take it and apply it in our own lives, and then, Lord, to take it into a lost and hurting world. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse uh, 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfast, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire 
to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine or sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You see, what Paul is teaching Timothy here is, look, life's not always going to be easy. There's going to be some rough, rocky, difficult roads that you're going to come along but you have a mission. You have a purpose. And I believe that for every single one of us who are called of Christ to be saved, we have a mission and a purpose. It's not just for those people who stand in the pulpit. It's not just for those people who are up here leading and singing. It's not just for people who are teaching us in a class. Each and every one of us has a mission. And we have to know the Word we have to follow the word to make sure that we're on track with, with what it's teaching us. So Paul encourages Timothy. Did you pick that up? He encourages him to look at my life. He says, you've followed my teaching. Paul had been teaching him. He had been uh, helping to train him and to prepare him for the ministry. He's saying, Remember the things that I've taught you. And you know, I, I'm, I'm certain that there are other letters that Paul had probably written to Timothy and, and had instructions in there for him and, and words for him to, to learn and to be able to bring forward. So he says, study my teaching. Listen to my teaching. Remember my teaching. Those things that I gave to you to prepare you for the ministry. Now, if you're like me, you don't remember every single thing that somebody has taught or preached. But you know what? We have the privilege of being able to go back and reread the important thing, which is what they have taught from the Word of God, and to make sure it's accurate and correct. The thing, other thing he says is, look at my lifestyle. You know, I, I, I think about that one often. You know, people will get up and, and they will try to teach other people or, or try to bring people into a belief system. And they probably would not ever be able to do this. Look at my lifestyle. 
I don't want to get into a, a political thing here, but I think about the, the protests at the National Football League. Multi-millionaires who could be investing in people in need and instead they take a knee and protest. Instead of going out and doing ministry, they're complaining about the government and about the, the league that pays them all of this money. What does our lifestyle say to the people with whom we are interacting? Does my lifestyle, the things that, that I do on a regular basis, does that match up to what I'm teaching? Or what I teach, are they just words that really have no meaning? It's just something that comes to my mind, so I'm going to bring it up. Do we really live what we believe and what we teach others? And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, look at my lifestyle. And it'll match up to my teaching. Isn't that what he's saying here? He's saying, look, you, you've heard what I've been teaching you. You've heard all of these things. You've also seen what I've gone through. How I have lived. The, the suffering that he had experienced. The, the things that he had gone through. He's saying, look at that. And you'll see that my word that I taught and the way I live my life match one another. And then he points out, look, I was called, this is my paraphrase obviously, I was called by God into the ministry. And after I got called in there, things were not always easy for me. Elsewhere, he explains how he had suffered, how he had been beaten and whipped, how he had been imprisoned, how he had been treated so poorly. And he points that out, and he's saying, you've seen my life challenges. You've seen the things I've gone through. But has my teaching and my lifestyle remained intact, even in spite of what I've been through? So, so when you hear from somebody who gets up and says, well, you know, once you become a Christian, everything is going to be just so smooth and easy and cool and, and, and simple. Look around you. Listen to when missionaries come back and they tell you, this is what the people that we have been ministering to are going through. This is the suffering that we have seen and experienced. It doesn't become a bed of roses when you become a Christian. There will be challenges. There will be difficulties. But ultimately, ultimately, it's where we need to be. We need to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. There is a life beyond this life. And it is a life spent with God in heaven if we have trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. That's what we sang about this morning. I was so moved by that song, Julie, that talked about what we believe. Because 
That is the foundation of our faith. We have to believe those things. Or we're going to get blown along the line someplace and we're going to end up someplace where we don't want to be. And there are many, many teachers out there who are willing to lead us that way. One of the things I really appreciated was in verse 11. He's talking about his persecutions, his sufferings that happened in those various places and that he had endured. And then at the end of verse 11, he says, Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. You see what he's saying there? He said, he's not saying, okay, I, I'm so awesome, I've gone through all this stuff. You know, I've been persecuted and I've been beat and I've had all these terrible things happen to me. So look at me, I'm so awesome. But what does he say? He says, glorify God because He brought me through them. God be glorified, not me. So you see, as I was talking about looking at his lifestyle, looking at his challenges, he then says, okay, after you've looked at that, now look at God because He is the one who has brought me through those things. He is the one that is worthy of our praise and adoration. He is the one who is awesome. And in verse 12, he says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. How often do you hear that out there in the pulpits these days? Do you ever hear that message? You become a Christian, you're going to be persecuted. Everybody in here loved to hear that, right? Right? When I, when I said that, you guys are all like, yeah, praise God, I'm going to be persecuted. Right? No, none of us want to really hear that. But this is what God's Word is teaching, isn't it? I, I quoted God's Word. I didn't make that up. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, your persecution may not be what the Millards have witnessed. But there's a promise here that you're likely going to have some sort of persecution. Be ready for it. Be prepared. Don't be caught off guard and let your guard down. Well, then Paul warns them. He says, you know, there's going to come these imposters. When he's talking about imposters here, he's talking about these false teachers. And there was a day in my younger Christian life when I, would, when I read those verses and I would think about that and I would think, okay, so imposters, they'll, they'll, be, kind of, they'll be kind of easy to, to pick out and, and to recognize, right? I mean, they're, gonna, they're going to be people who are, you know, they're, they're just going to be so bad you're going to just be able to tell. But there's a warning here. It says, be careful. Watch for those imposters. Why? Because they're coming from within the group 
They're those people who identify themselves as Christians. They're, they're, they're going to identify themselves as brothers or sisters in the Lord. And they're going to bring to you a teaching that is going to lead you astray. That's what the warning is here. And we need to be prepared for that. And folks, if you are not aware that that is going on around us every single day, then you are blind to what's happening in the Christian circles. Because it is going on constantly. More and more and more every day. It seems like we're hearing these things. Imposters are those who come from within the group and they're bringing a message, not a message of hope and promise, but a false message, one that is incorrect. And that's why Paul warns that we need to examine both the messenger and the message. Many of you have probably heard about pastor of Willow Creek Church having to step down and then his whole board having, had to step down right after him because of what, how they had handled some things that had gone on. A whole board had covered up things that they knew were wrong. And now they've all had to step down humiliation watch the lifestyle watch the behavior watch how people handle things and then make sure that what they are teaching is from the word of God and only the word of God you know it's, a, it, it's amazing this has lasted the word of God has lasted for Thousands of years, right? But somebody comes along and they've got a new thing. My thing is going to supersede all of what everybody else has ever learned. No, doesn't happen. Sorry. So he reminds him, Paul, reminds Timothy of the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? Timothy uh, had certainly been told what the gospel message was. Uh, we went over to 1 Corinthians. Paul lays out the gospel in letter to the Corinthians better than anywhere else. And, and he says that Jesus Christ was sent by God. He came into the world. He was God. He came in. He lived a perfect life. He was persecuted he was killed, he was hung on a tree and died. He was buried three days later. He was raised back to life again. He was seen by hundreds of people over the next 40 days and then he ascended into heaven where he's still sitting at the right hand of God the Father. That's the gospel. Now you can, you can twist it and turn it and make it sound whatever way you want, but ultimately it has to come back to that. Jesus Christ is who he said he was. He is God who came to earth, lived a perfect life, persecuted, crucified, died, buried, raised back to life again, seen by hundreds over 40 days, and ascended back into heaven. 
That's the gospel. And if you want to change the gospel, you're in trouble. And I'm in trouble if I do. That's the gospel. Like I said in, in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul lays that very out very well for him, but he reminds Timothy the gospel tells us salvation is through Christ alone. So, so Timothy, when, when you're out there and you're preaching and you're teaching and you're, you're working with this church that God has called you to, make sure that you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Make sure you're telling them clearly what the gospel is. Encourage them and help them to live the gospel on a daily basis. I could spend a whole lot more time on that. But we need to finish up here. So, over in chapter 4. Do you know, did you notice the word here? Verse 1 of chapter 4. He said, I charge you. Did you notice what that's not? That's not like, I encourage you, or, you know, it would be really nice, or, what is this? This is a command, right? This is an order. I charge you. And some of you were in the military, or in law enforcement, like I was in both. And, and you know what? When, when I was charged with something, I had to do it. It's an order. It's a command. It's a directive. You will do this. No matter what else. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, by His appearance in His kingdom. Preach the Word. Did you get that? So, it's confirmed or affirmed by God the Father, God the Son. Okay? Now let me take those out of there for a second. Remember, they're in there. But I charge you in the presence of those to preach the Word. And after you preach it, be prepared. In other words, be ready, it says, but be prepared in season and out of season. What? What does that mean? All the time. In season and out of season. That's all that means. Be ready all the time. Any time that you share the gospel, you share the word with somebody else, be ready for opposition, be ready for disagreement, be ready for whatever else. Be prepared because it's going to come, but you have been given a message. You and I have been given the same message. We are to preach the word. Now, not all of you are going to get up into the pulpit. Not all of you, and by the way, I, you, you probably all have heard me say this, I'm always intimidated when I come into this pulpit. And, I, and I'm asked to go and preach other places. I'm always intimidated because it is so important that we teach and preach the Word correctly. 
I am intimidated sometimes with the thought that what if I say something that leads somebody down the wrong path? And it is scary. It is a very intimidating, scary thing. So he's saying, preach the word. You and I have the privilege of interacting with other people and we can preach the word. And sometimes, you all have heard this, sometimes we can even use words. Right? In other words, our lifestyle, the way we live, the way we interact with other people can preach the gospel. And then hopefully there will come that day when they'll say, why are you the way you are? Why do you act the way you act? Why do you do the things you do? And at that point in time, you can tell them about Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done for you and in your life. How He's changed you. We have to be ready. We have to be prepared for those people who come along and want to share something else. Dennis Caldwell uh, just sent us an email with some information on it. I've been just looking at this the last couple of days. and This is the problem with Christianity today. This is about Andy Stanley. It says, eventually, we, uh, this is just part of it, eventually we learn to take an individual at his word. Andy Stanley is a master communicator and he communicates very well and very often. His preaching and teaching often bring controversy and he quite regularly makes uh, arguments that subvert the authority of Scripture and cast doubt upon biblical Christianity. He returns regularly to certain themes and arguments so regularly that we certainly get the point. He evidently wants us to understand that he means what he says. Earlier this year, Stanley brought controversy when he argued in a sermon that the Christian faith must be unhitched from the Old Testament. He claims that Peter, James, Paul elected to unhitch the Christian faith from their Jewish Jewish scriptures, and my friends, we must do that as well, he says. Later he tried to say, well, he didn't say specifically which Old Testament verses to eliminate, but he's essentially saying, get yourself separated from the Old Testament. (laughs) That's why I was so impressed when you were saying today and you, as you're having the Bible translated, it included the Old Testament. What does the New Testament doesn't even make sense without the Old Testament? But people are listening to people like this man and are buying into what they're saying and they're going off in a direction that is unhealthy, unbiblical, and is going to lead them into grave and difficult places. We must preach the Word and stay true to the Word of God. Well, then he tells him how to use the Word of God to help other people. 
And what I've done is I've boiled down those verses into this statement. But Paul tells Timothy God's word is used for helping people to live godly lives. And it talks about rebuking and correcting and all of those things. How we do that makes a difference. Please don't use the Bible, the Word of God, as a club over people's heads, but rather come alongside of them and in a graciously good way try to help them to understand where they're wrong. Now there are, there are some people, there are some times when, but the only thing that's going to get their attention is a club. I, I still have in my office a, a club that that Julie's father gave me when he was a pastor here. And, it, and it's for marriage counseling. And I was to use that club to get people's attention if I needed to. And it's a big club, right? Julie knows what I'm talking about because her dad used it on John, right? <laughs> my, my point of that is there are times when, yes, you have to really confront and you have to deal with a person. You have to really get into it. But there are other ways before you get to the club, come alongside and bless those people and encourage those people. Let them see Jesus Christ in you. Let, let, them, let them know that you care about them and, and what you're trying to tell them is for their good. To help them to grow up and to mature in their spiritual walk. I only bring out that club if you absolutely have to. And even then, use it carefully. And he says, because there will come a time. And guess what? Every generation thinks that this is their time. But we certainly see this today, don't we? That people will not put up with sound doctrine. People love to hear things that make them feel good. I don't think I made you all feel good today. This was not a feel-good message. But I really believe that it's something that this church and every church needs to hear. That God wants us to live lives that are honoring and pleasing to Him. Then Paul concludes his letter and he says, learn the word and then live it. We need to learn. We need to make sure that we're not just hearers, but those who are living the Word. And that's why here at Bethel, we have our adult Bible, Bible fellowships. We have small groups. We have Bible studies. We have opportunities to study and learn God's Word. We have our children's ministry. We have vacation Bible schools. We have all of these things that are intended to help people learn the Word of God and hopefully to apply it correctly into our lives and live it out before this lost and hurting world. People need Jesus Christ, but if they see hypocrisy in our lives, they're not going to be drawn to it. If you're not involved with some sort of teaching, it's going to be very easy for you to get led down a trail that is unhealthy and in a direction that is not going to help you to be prepared in season and out of season. 
for the opposition that you're going to come up against. And so, he's encouraging Timothy. I think he's encouraging you and me. Be in the Word regularly. Know the Word. Follow the Word. Live the Word. And don't be led astray by somebody who sounds great and who preaches well. Folks, there are times when I sit down here and I I hear a message and I hear something and I think, wow, I I don't know that I agree with that. And you know what I do with that? I leave and during the course of the next week I go back in and I study that word and I say, is it right or wrong what was said? And that's our responsibility, every one of us. If I said something here today and you're kind of thinking, I don't know if I agree with that, then go back and study the Word and come tell me that, Pastor Hank, I think you were wrong about that. I'm okay with that. I'm more more than happy to have that conversation. But don't walk away with something and take everything that's said as gospel when you know in your heart that it's not correct. And folks, there are people who fill pulpits everywhere who teach things that are not biblically correct. And we have to be prepared in season and out of season to correct that teaching and make sure that what we're being taught is correct. And by the way, when I was saying that, I'm not, I'm not saying anything against any preacher or pastor who's been in here. I'm just saying there are times when I hear something and I have to go and study it to make sure that it's correct. And that's my encouragement to you as well. Lord God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for your word that has withstood the test of time. You are the God who created this world. You are the God that we can rely on. You are the God who is above all things. Help us to study the word, to know the word, to correctly handle the word. And then, Lord, to live it out before other people that they may see Jesus Christ through us. We pray it in the holy name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.